The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, breaking down the Charles Schwab Challenge, betting and fantasy preview. Greg Ducharme, I just said we are breaking down the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, golf is back, baby. I mean, are, are there words that can can describe the excitement? I, I don't think so. I can't find any. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before. We haven't had a, a betting, a fantasy preview episode in what feels like forever. Like, yeah. I, I mean, getting back into the price range of these things, I couldn't be more excited. I had goosebumps. I think we are. I think we're at eleven weeks. I think eleven weeks is like the last time we did one of these. Uh, so I am very excited to jump into this with you. But before we do that, Greg, I mean, golf's back. There's going to be a lot of first cut, uh, probably every single day until someone tells us otherwise, right, man? Like you're ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's get back to it. We we actually have PGA Tour golf to talk about and. I'm just as a as a fan, I'm thrilled. I can't wait. And then getting to be able to come on here and talk about it with you and and the rest of the gang, sign me up. There is actually uh, big news. I hope I can say this. There's big news coming uh, where there is going to be a new way to play and get involved. Greg, do you know anything about this little prop game thing we got going on? Uh, I, I'm gonna need a little more information here. I'm I'm, I'm not following. All right, so. Long story short, I don't know how much I can say, but long story short, uh, there is going to be a new pick'em game on CBS Sports with uh, the opportunity to answer golf-related questions for prizes. And Greg, yours truly, uh, I'm the one making the questions. What do you think about that? Man, well, I, I, <laughs> I have kind of mixed reviews. One, I'm happy for you. I'm excited. They, they chose the right guy for sure especially if there's cash prizes. If you're going to win cash prizes and you want to make it difficult, I mean, ask myself, ask Kyle Porter. Rick's trivia game is extremely difficult. So in this, how do you, how do you defend against somebody looking it up beforehand? Like you would surprise us in this trivia thing with a topic we had no idea what we were going to get. There was no chance we could study or look it up beforehand. How do you defend against it in this format? Right. So this is not so much trivia as much as you picking the props and I'm just setting the line. So if I say Rory McIlroy is going to make five and a half birdies in round number one, you say I want the over or I want the under, for example. So I could give you all the questions up front, but that's no more likely uh, if you know them in advance, because you're going to have to set your set your uh, your lineup there, set your picks, and then watch and see how it all Sweet. unfolds. So this is like live. These are live prop bets. You're oh, setting yeah. them up. This is. I mean, I, I'm in. How do I play? Where? Like, I I need uh, more. How do I sign up? 
Good, good question. I, I'm going to defer to CBS Sports uh, promotion team. Maybe when, maybe by the time you're listening to this episode, early in the week, hoping to have more information. I assume okay. it's a place to play. But yeah, well, that's that's all. Well, the- I'm sure we'll tweet it out. We'll get it out there in social. We'll we'll tweet it out. We'll get it out there for sure. We'll be talking about it a lot more. But something very cool. I'm excited to be a part of. I'm also excited uh, to be a part of this podcast where we're going to break everything down. Greg, it's it's Charles Schwab Challenge. It's Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. This event has been played almost every year at Colonial since 1946, which is insane, right? I mean, this is one of the staples on tour. Absolutely. Hogan's Alley, um, and for good reason. Hogan won in 46 and 47. He would win three additional times. It, it's a classic golf course, and uh, I'm I'm extremely happy that they that the tour keeps coming back here because it's great. It, it's a it's a really cool venue to watch. I'm excited. I got stuck in a 1946 uh, colonial rabbit hole the other day and pulled up <laughs> the I pulled up a newspaper uh, headline from Hogan winning in 46. Guess how much money? So I don't know at what point in the season it was, but guess what his season earnings were after he won this event in 1946? Not for the entire, just up to he this was, point. Yeah. So I don't so know where it was up until May. Oh man, yeah. it must have been. I wouldn't be surprised if it was $3,000. It was actually 17000 but he, oh, was, wow. he was far and away above the rest of the tour. I think the second place was like ten grand, And in this event specifically, uh, I want to say 20th place paid like $75. That doesn't even cover, cover your lunch anymore. That's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, well, I guess in, you know, in 1946, you had to play right? These guys had to play the PGA tour to make a a living. Now we see guys taking a week off their schedule, making scheduling changes. If you're like a Ben Hogan, I mean, you're a club professional. You're going to play every week. You get a chance to, to pay the bills. So um, yeah, it's fascinating. I guess the other thing I was thinking colonial, I I was looking into 1953 the other day for another little project and Hogan had played it was like his second or third event was colonial for the year. So I guess I was thinking he, he probably hadn't made very much just with just the masters, but in 46, that was before the accident. He was still playing a lot of golf. Wow. Um, winners here last year, Kevin, Na, he's back to defend his title. Uh, Justin Rose won it two years ago. Kevin Kisner, Jordan Spieth, Chris Kirk, and Adam Scott. That's a pretty eclectic mix of golfers. A couple of, you know, world-class guys, a couple of guys that were probably deeper down the betting board or the fantasy, you know, the DraftKings board. Uh, Like, what does it take to win around Colonial? Well, uh, um, man, what does it take? It can, as I said, classic golf course. It can take a number of styles. We mentioned it's Hogan's Alley. You see a name like Adam Scott. Um, a guy like even, even the guy like Chris Kirk, I mean, these are guys who are very talented T to green, especially at the times of their victory. Um, so you have, there's definitely an opportunity for a great ball striker to come away with a victory here, but it is a golf course where the greens are guarded very well. It's not necessarily in this day and age, very, a very long golf course, but, uh, it's the greens are very well guarded by bunkers, especially. And a commonality that I see in these winners is they have great short games. You look at a Kevin Na, you look yeah. at a Jordan Spieth, you look at um, players like this, and and the short game is extremely important because the greens are protected. You're going to miss some, and uh, you you are left with difficult up and downs. 
very often. So um, I, I do think short game is very important, especially bunker play. What you just mentioned, uh, which is short game, I think is going to play a big role in the first couple of weeks of the tour's return. We, we've kind of talked about how how volatile we expect this to be, or at least personally I expect it to be, Greg. I think you've got guys all over the place in, in various form. You know, some are have been – playing mini tours some haven't picked up their golf clubs yet like there's just such a huge range and even for those that have been swinging the club big difference to hit full drivers and full swings into your net in your driveway than like have a a chip into the grain on a short side like the short the stuff with feel the short game stuff i think is going to be the longest to come back it typically is now, um, but again, as you mentioned, it's a wide range. These guys know how to prepare for golf tournaments. They know how to practice. Uh, and I, I think many of them will come back strong in many areas. The difficulty is you don't know where these players are coming from. Where, where did they spend their quarantine? Did they take time off or did they take it as an off season where they're going to work on an area of weakness? And I've heard mixed reviews from players, uh, guys like Chesson Hadley, Guys like Joel Damon, who I've had a chance to hear from during the break, they've been focusing specifically on short game. Uh, I've heard other players who are just simply taking time off, getting some rest, uh, some much-needed rest, and they're going to leave about a, about two weeks to prepare. So there's there's a wide range of kind of styles, the way players approach to this. Uh, and, and some of it is strategy-based. Some of it is simply limitations on – where you live, right? Xander Shoffley was cooped up in his, in his single bedroom apartment. He couldn't play golf for a little while. How long has he had to prepare? I don't know. So, um, whereas guys down in Florida, like tiger, they, they have an opportunity to play and it's kind of business as usual, minus the traveling, minus the tournaments. The field's absolutely stacked, Greg. Um, six of the top seven in the world, Everybody from 12 to 20, basically only missing Adam Scott, Tiger Woods, Hideki Matsuyama. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. This is uh, by far the best field the Charles Schwab Challenge has ever had. It much closer resembles that of a major championship. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, we're going to go through these numbers. And I, I mean, I'm looking in these ranges. You know how we break it down, the, the $10,000 and $11,000 range stacked right i mean it doesn't get much better than that there's nobody there's nobody missing you go to the 9k range 8k range and it's a lot of like heart in the eyeball emojis there's a lot of love out here and it's i mean top to bottom and there are guys down in the in the 6k range that are quite attractive normally these guys would be kind of middle of the pack in a charles schwab challenge a lot of these big names haven't played a lot consistently throughout the years. It's an event that some players seem to have skipped some player. And it's probably a scheduling thing, but it kind of had mixed uh, reviews and play in, in recent history. A lot of guys have played it, but um, not very consistently, which I found interesting. Something I've been waiting 11 weeks to say, Greg, let's jump into the DraftKings player pool, my friend. There are four yes. guys priced over $10,000, starting with Rory McIlroy at $11,800, John Rahm at an elite and even $11,000, Justin Thomas at $10,600, and Bryson DeChambeau at $10,001. We can kind of talk about these guys a little bit individually, Greg, but who is your uh, favorite out of these four? It's it's so hard to pick um, yeah. because like 
how are you going to say Rory's not your favorite? He right. Rory has not finished outside the top five all year. He won in November in China. He's world number one. He's the best player in the world uh, for many reasons. Problem with Rory is that price. Yep. Uh, it, it's extremely high. And when you get into a field that's as deep as this is, a field that's like a major, that's as stacked as this is, when you have guys like uh, – I mean, Gary Woodland's down in the 8K range. Jordan Spieth in the 8K range. There's another there mention is. on him. Right, you got these big names. Jason Day in the 8K range. It, it's it's hard to say that Rory's that much better than all the best players. In a lot of fields, yeah, he's like head and shoulders above, but is he really that much better than John Rahm or Justin Thomas? I, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say definitively yes. So at that price, you would basically, in my opinion, be betting on him to win. Um, which, because you know he's going to finish somewhere inside the top 10. Be hard-pressed to say he won't. I don't care that he's never played this tournament before. But the, the concerning things for me, the things that I'll be very interested to see if he improves on this week is, uh, is, is the three-putt avoidance and putting from four to eight feet. So this year, Rory, although I know it's a short year, I'm with you all top fives. Um, but what's been holding him back? kind of pains me to say that what's been holding Rory back but <laughs> but it is this kind of three putt avoidant 131st this year last year he was ninth on tour uh putting from four to eight feet 198th last year he was 14th so that area is the kind of area that can cost you a tournament it's not necessarily yeah. for a player of Rory's stature going to make him miss the cut it's not going to make him finish you know tied 38th but it can be something that holds him back from getting the win so uh, I'm a little hesitant on Rory in that sense. What, what do you think of Rory? Um, personally, I love Rory in every sense of the word. I think it is very clear he is the number one player in the world. I don't think it is particularly close. However, uh, when you look at this objectively and say he's 11,800, he's seven and a half to one to win this golf tournament, seven and a half to one. I, I want to go back and look this up. He was like seven to one to win the RBC Canadian last year. Like there's no way he can be seven and a half to one in a field this deep where we have no idea where anyone's game is at. Like I, I, I'm embracing volatility this week. I'm generally avoiding some of the more popular guys or some of the higher priced guys. I'll try to build a, a more balanced lineup to this. So as much as I love Rory, I cannot conceivably look to him as a value when you, when you go down to a John Rahm, which saves you $800 or on the betting board, he's 12 to one, or even like Justin Thomas at 10, six and 16 to one. Like Greg, you, you, you hit the nail on the head is Rory more than twice as likely to win this golf tournament than Justin Thomas is. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, Rory won what he won three times last year, yeah. right? He won in November. He, he wins Rory wins, but um, he always puts himself in contention, but like Justin Thomas has won at a very similar clip. Justin Thomas has won twice this year with a couple other really good chances. Um, I, I mean, at the price Rory is, it's hard for me to put him on the team. And you have a very similar player in John Rahm, who's right, right behind him, who has uh, six top tens in what seven starts or maybe it's five five starts uh five top tens and six starts it's yeah it's remarkable 
how how good Rory has been has kind of overshadowed how good John Rahm has been because yeah. a lot of a lot of his was done on the Euro Tour as well where like worldwide his results since last year's U.S. Open are are, are bonkers. He could actually be the world number one if he goes out and wins uh, this week, which is also kind of crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, what I like about Rahm is three trips to Colonial. Now he missed the cut last year, but a fifth in 2018 and a second in 2017. I, yeah. I have a feeling, you know, kind of game theory wise. Uh, he's the forgotten man here. You either go up and spend up on on Rory, or you go get Bryson, who everyone has seen on Twitch and knows. And I, and I've said it too. I love I love Bryson. He's the cheapest one out of all of them. It leaves Rom and Justin Thomas kind of stuck in the sandwich. Well, I'm actually I'm happy to hear you say that. I, I I'm definitely with you. Rory will get a lot of bites. I think um, Deshambo, the popularity that he's had, he's. He's a top story heading into the week because we've heard so much from him. And yes. in a time where we've heard from basically uh, six players, we've seen six players play and we've seen a little bit of mini tour action. We've seen a little bit of charity event that the one in Texas, but that Scotty Scheffler one, like we've seen a little, we've heard little snippets of that, but not as much as we've seen from Rory Fowler, Wolf, DJ, those kind of players. And so Rory, I agree, going to be extremely popular. DeShambo, the Twitch feeds, extremely popular. <laughs> but the guys I like more are are right there in the middle with with Rom and Thomas. Now, yeah. to me, like John Rom's game sets up perfectly for this golf course, and that's why I think you've seen the two top five finishes in three events. Excellent driver of the ball off the tee. It's a tree line golf course. You have to be precise off the tee. And as long as John Rahm is, he doesn't necessarily live and die on the, he's not like hitting bombs, right? He happens to be very long, but he can play the precision game extremely well too. He has no problem hitting a three wood or hitting a long iron off the tee. He's going to put the ball in the position it needs to be put in. Um, and, and the putting's phenomenal. It's fourth in putting. You know, looking at the strokes gain stats, the weakness would be strokes gained around the green, right? He's 87th around, but in sand saves, he's seventh, which is, a, is a advantageous to me. Although I will say on sand saves, he's, he's seventh in sand saves, 116th in proximity to hole from sand, which is a little concerning to me. I think a lot of his up and downs from the bunker are as a result of putting. You look at something like scrambling or sand saves, those statistics include the putting, uh, whereas proximity to hole from sand, strokes gain around the green, is not going to include the putting. So maybe, maybe the short game, from a statistical standpoint, is a little uh, inflated, but maybe it is a weakness. But the way that this guy hits the ball, the way this guy rolls it, like, he's gritty. He just knows how to get it done. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big John Rom fan. Yeah, and I'll put a bow on this because I want to make sure this is there. There are some nuances here with Bryson. Like, I love Bryson. I think he's going to win a lot. I think that at twenty, like to bet him, if he was the only person you had to pick, it would be a great pick. But in 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 the fantasy world, in our DFS world, I have to make a lineup of six, and it's advantageous to me to find guys that are not going to be owned by like thirty percent of the field. So this is like the only situation in which I'd avoid him because otherwise he's 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 a killer. He's going to win early and often. Well, I also, I'm not sure this is the best golf course for him, right? I mean, you look at Bryson's course history, his best finish is a tied 42nd in yeah. 2018. So I'm not overly excited about that. I also think what he's, what he has done such a nice job gaining in the distance, this isn't necessarily a bomber's golf course. So I, I think a guy like Rom or JT is really your best. And I, I as much as I like Rom, JT to me is my 
is my favorite. His bunker game is great. The perform recent performance has been great. His iron play is a little bit better than John Rahm's in my opinion. Um, I, I give JT a slight favor over John Rahm when I'm building my lineups. I, I get a little discount on him too. I assume that these are going to be the guys that are going to be in contention come the weekend. And when golf returns on the weekend, it'll be on CBS Sports. You can stream Saturday and Sunday coverage absolutely for free on the CBS Sports mobile app and cbssports.com. You can also gain authenticated access to stream on your Roku. That's what I do. Apple TV or Fire TV through your cable provider or CBS All Access. The $9,000 range, Greg, looks like it's should be the $10,000 range. These guys are absolutely packed here. Uh, it starts with Webb Simpson. It's got names like Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, goes all the way down to someone who I think is high on both of our boards in Justin Rose at an yep. even thousand. Um, I've been banging the drum for Rosie for what feels like two or three weeks at this point, but tell me why you like him. Um, man, well, one, he won here in 2018. Love shooting a, a combination of 66s and 64s. Yep. So it was, a, it was an incredibly impressive performance. Now, what's given Justin Rose that what, what's been the result of the fall? So he was at the end of 2018, in fact, leading into Masters in 2018, he was world number one. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, now he's um, 14th in the world. What happened? Well, uh, in 2018, he switched equipment manufacturers. He switched to Hanma. And at the time, I was very critical of him for that decision. I, and my saying there was, you don't change your equipment when you're playing really, really well. And you don't change your equipment when you're playing really, really poorly. There's a certain time to make a change like that. And I, I thought he made it at the wrong time. Now, um, he made you look. He made you look silly in his second start when he won uh, Farmers Insurance, but then it made you look real smart recently. <laughs> well, the thing is about it's so interesting you bring that up because this is what I think Justin Rose learned in this time. In this time of struggle, I think he improved himself for the long term because he said after that win at the Farmers Insurance, I I didn't really know where the ball was going. Yeah. He he scrapped it around and was able to get the win. A player of his talent can get it can get the job done. He can just grind it out and get the job done. We saw him nearly accomplish that at the U.S. Open where he had the spray gun out. And so um, I think what Justin Rose really worked on and was really able to improve in his game was his short game. Around the greens and on the greens as well, he became kind of a, a scrappy player. He went from a guy that hit fairways and greens all day long, made his living doing that, to a guy that kind of hit it everywhere and made his living more like a – a Kevin Kisner or a Kevin Na, some of these other players that have, we've seen win here who don't don't necessarily hit the ball great, but they they get the ball in the hole. And I think the scoring element of Rosie's game is going to come back with this new but old trusty trusty old equipment. I I think Justin Rose is going to come out really strong. Yeah, I mean, we can go run the tape from the probably dozen times I've already said I've, I've bet Justin Rose at 45 and 50 to one to win this golf tournament. You, you nailed it. The guy finally learned to putt, uh, became the number one player in the world, and then switched clubs. And uh, I'm looking at my database right now. I've got every measured event that he's played dating back to 2015. It's the last 78 of them. 
he lost strokes off the tee in seven of his last nine with those Hanma sticks. Uh, he had basically lost eight total from like 2015 to the end of 29. Like it's unbelievable what a bad run he was in um, just right before the players championship drops the sticks, gets to come back, gets three months off to figure it all out. And then comes back to a place that he dominated at two years ago. Like, absolutely sign me up greg like no doubt about it um the other guy in the 9k range that kind of moves the needle for me and i think he's kind of a safer play is is webb so webb's 9800 um he is the guy that his short game's awesome so if you do his strokes gain short game which is around the green plus putting he's like sixth on tour that's what I think is going to be really critical this week. We kind of alluded to that at the top. And I just feel like this guy never burns you. You know what I mean? Like he just is, is constantly out there putting himself in position. So if you're looking for someone that I think is under 10,000, puts you in a pretty good position, it's, it's Webby. Could you start your lineup? It sounds crazy. Could you start your lineup with Webb Simpson? Um, I generally... Yes. So I, and I also, I generally I'm okay with that, but I also think this week more than ever with the uh, so many golf is a giant unknown to begin with. First of all, a a massive unknown this week, especially you could convince me to start my lineups almost anywhere on the board. And I could absolutely start with Webb. Yeah. I mean, you, you, like Rory is a guy we talk about all the time and Kyle's big in this debate of, is he, overrated or underrated because of his winning percentage, right? He's got seven to one odds to win this thing. He went, his winning percentage is like 10% or something, something yeah. along those lines, which so is crazy, it, but, but still right. not good enough. <laughs> yeah. It's like the best in the game, best in the world. He's going to have the best odds that it's a 10% chance he's going to win. It's just, yeah. it's, it's hard to predict. So I don't hate that, especially when you have a Kepka who's a yes for me this week, that mm-hmm. you have a Shoffley who's a, a yes. Uh, Ricky Fowler to me is a big yes. But I have a question about Ricky. Do you think he's going to be a little too popular this week? Because we did see him at Driving Relief. He was kind of the star of that show. He's always more popular than he should be because everybody likes him. They want to roster him. He he did play well in one of the few organized events that we got to see. So I I think he will be popular. But Greg, I got to tell you, I think the thing that kind of, I think everyone is going to be pretty tempered because there's so many names. There's there, yeah. there are not there are weeks we look at this board and there are natural places to plug three guys in. You, there's a guy at like 92, you're like, oh, that's a great value. There's a guy at 78, you're like, oh, he's he's a starting point. And you've got three free spaces or three natural starting points. You don't have that this week. So I think it kind of keeps everybody's ownership in check. In that case, I'm big on Fowler. I think okay. he's a great bunker player. He's led the tour in, in bunker play uh, before, a couple of years ago. He's the, the putter looks great, and I think the swing is rounding into form. Uh, I heard he's, he's one of the players that has really been working on his game in Florida. A couple, it must have been a month ago now, there was a time where he was at the golf course 23 straight days in a row working on his game. I think he's got the swing in order and I think it's a great golf course for him. So I'm thinking Ricky's going to come out and show us something this week. Again, he's probably going to break my heart again uh, come Sunday, but I think we'll have some interest for the first three rounds at least. Speaking of guys who have probably been playing for 23 or 303 straight days, Sung J M is yeah. 9,300. I think uh, I've, 
the heaps of praise I can put on Sung, like I've, I've done it for the last 18 months or whatever, but yeah. I think it is also completely uh, underrated that he won Honda, his first ever win, which usually guys, they go out and they celebrate. It's hard to bounce back of. You have a lot more media obligations. Plays the next week and finishes third at the API. Like that is, that is a man right there who just like, all right, back out to play golf, just head down. Let me go try to win again. It's unbelievable. Well, it's kind of his form of celebration, right? Yeah. How do you celebrate winning a golf tournament? Well, you go play the next day. You get to, you get to play more golf. You get to play more golf. <laughs> right. Um, last guy here, uh, 9,100 Colin Morikawa falls into your fades. He has been on this podcast compared to who? Arnold Palmer? No, who, who did? Uh, Mark, I think it was. To, was it Arnold Palmer? I think it was. Uh, so what, what, is it, what is it about Morikawa that you're not as excited as Mark is? So, um, again, it's not that I'm not excited on Colin Morikawa. I think he's a lovely talent. I think he's a great player. The area of his game that is kind of the, the weak point, if you'll call it, is, is the uh, short game and putting. Now, he doesn't have to rely on it very often, right? He's one of the better ball strikers on the PGA Tour, week in and week out. I've seen a lot of average out of him which is great for right now, right? It's great for him as a player. It's his career is on a great trajectory. He's probably going to finish somewhere between tied 26 and tied 12th, right? He's yep. probably going to fall somewhere in that range, which yep. is great. Like he's on his way to a great career, but in this, in this group, in this range, I just, I don't, I, I'd much rather have Justin Rose or Patrick Reed or, or Fowler. Yeah. Or right, so I just have a hard time in this range playing him. If he was in the next range down, he may get a little more favor for me, but he's a little too safe, I would say. I I can't blame you for that. Um, I want to jump into the 8Ks, but first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution? For that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between. But solving foot pain is simple. And that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. And we're back. All right, the $8,000 range is full of surprises, Greg. There are names after names here, guys that I think can absolutely compete. They can contend. And then there is a name 
at flat $8,000 in Jordan Spieth, exactly at the 2832 mark of this podcast that we need to talk about, sir. Is it finally time to invest in Jordan Spieth? Man, um, I, I'm not afraid of, we've had this conversation many times. I'll be late on Jordan Spieth before I'm early. I'll be late before I'm early. And then all this happened. Everything in the world that's happened has happened. And now I'm okay with being a little bit early on him. I'm curious to know what his popularity will be. I'm kind of hoping it's the same answer that you mentioned with Ricky uh, in, in the last segment that we did. But I look at Jordan Spieth and in seven starts, uh, he's never missed a cut. And five of those seven are top tens. Now, this is that, that tells me one thing. It's a golf course that he likes. We're in a, in a time period right now where we don't have recent history to go on for most of the players, right? Statistics are so far, or they're so old at this point, it's hard to go on statistics. They're, they're worth mentioning. It defines kind of the DNA of a player, but they can certainly change. A player's skill sets certainly have changed in this time for better or for worse. And I'm looking at Jordan and I'm saying concerns, driving accuracy, hitting (laughs) (laughs) right. 48% of his, of his tee shots, greens regulation, hitting 62% sand save percentage, 181st. Like none of these statistics are, are worth noting, but I don't think that's I think Jordan's better than that. And I think, if there's a week where you can see him get off to a fast start, I think it's this week. I like the price. Uh, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to take him. I'm going to put him on a lot of my teams. I um, I already bet him. So I bet him at 45 to 1 to win this golf tournament, which I, I have not done in a long time. We are now literally almost three years on, on the last time that Jordan Spieth has won a golf tournament, the 2017 Open Championship. So I – have not put in a Jordan Spieth bet for a long time, but I believe the narrative has been very good to him over the last three months, which is we know he's a hardworking guy. We assume he has been grinding hard to fix whatever that off the tee and that approach stuff has been going on because the Magic short game has kept him in so many tournaments, the ones that he's popped off at, you know, uh, Pebble Beach, he's chipping in all over the place. That's kept him alive. But here's the combination for this. Um, the opportunity to come off of a three week, a three month, excuse me, break and get back to a place that you have in, you went, you had a three year stretch from 15 to 17, where you went second win second. And then you finished eighth again last year. Like I still trust in the top end talent of Jordan Spieth. And then my final thing about this, Greg is I have flipped from waiting to see on Jordan Spieth to trying to be early because it took 18 months for Vegas to finally price him correctly. And if he wins again, it's going to be 18 and 20 to one for the foreseeable future. Does it give you any concern? Now, I mean, in in this calendar year, he's played 18 rounds, just two of them in the 60s. Yeah, Does it concern you at all? Or do you think this is something that he can get, once he gets it straightened out, all of a sudden he's going to be right there near the... Top of the leaderboard. No, it's 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 certainly worrisome. There, the the most likely scenario is uh, nothing changed in the last three months. He's still spraying it all over the place. He's still going to roll in enough putts, and he's going to pop up on the first page of the leaderboard a handful of times every year. That is probably the most likely scenario. The the optimistic side says we trust this kid and we trust his team to take this three months and at least improve a little bit. And I mean, if he improve like. 
he's like dead last in like in 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 the ball striking numbers. It's really really bad. Uh, so if he just becomes like slightly below average, like that would be a big increase for him. So yes, I'm certainly concerned. But if there was ever a time and ever a place to buy on Jordan Spieth, it's right now. Yeah, take the risk. Take the risk right now. I completely agree. Um, it is a it is a risk because you you don't know what you're gonna get. But I just want to ask that. I mean, beyond this week, if this doesn't go well for Jordan, if we're yeah. wrong with this prediction, do you think this is just the new Jordan Spieth that we have? Like, do you think if if he didn't take advantage of this three months off and really improve, does does your um, inclination that he will eventually improve kind of go away? I think he has one more uh, rip cord that he can pull, which is uh, splitting with Greller and potentially Cameron McCormick. And that is not a knock on those guys in any stretch of the word. Michael yeah. Greller would be, would be unemployed for three seconds before he was on another bag. Like, right. Say that. But sometimes, and we see this in a lot of sports, we see it in team sports, you just need a different voice, Greg. And you just got to try. It's no fault of anybody, but you need a different voice. It's why head coaches get fired in the NFL. It's why managers get fired in Major League Baseball. So if if it's just more of the same after this return for Spieth, I think the one final ripcord that he could pull that would at least keep me optimistic is like get a new team and then see if he can turn it around that way. Yeah, I think that's that's very well said. Um, I I give him that opportunity. I give, I'm not saying he should do. It. I I think we're going to see a really good Jordan Spieth this week. That that's what I'll that's what I'll leave us with here. I I hope so. A uh, fellow Texan, Scotty Scheffler, eighty four hundred dollars. Someone that you and I both like. He's forty five to one to win the golf tournament. For me, uh, love the kid. He's been. We saw him play. It wasn't like a mini tour event, but it was like a charity event for caddies with Victor Hovland was in the field. He won that over the break. But the the big thing about Scotty Scheffler for me, uh, prolific birdie maker makes a ton of birdies. Uh, He can make Eagles, not necessarily this week. Colonial is one of the hardest places to make an Eagle, but uh, that goes so far in DraftKings scoring, Greg, like if he he could finish 20th in the tournament and 11th in DraftKings scoring. Texas guy, I mean, you, you imagine that he's that he's played here a little bit. He went to the University of Texas. I, I think he's just a really, really good player. And yeah. I, I see I do see some areas of concern. Uh, the short game being the weakness, like my kind of perfect makeup of a player is uh, is great short game pretty accurate off the tee, pretty good, like, like pretty well-rounded short game is more important this week than I think it normally is in a given week. But that being said, every player is not going to fit your perfect mold and every player on the top of the leaderboard isn't going to fit that perfect mold. So Scotty Scheffler with his talent. And like you said, we have seen a snippet of him. I, I got to think he's a, he's a play and, and that price range for him Gives me a little bit of a break. I like I can I can break away from the perfect mold down in this price range a little more than I could say with like a Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, for sure. You um you have on your list here of guys you like being Jason Day, which I do not personally. I, I I'm a believer that the the fall from grace by Jordan Spieth has provided a ton of cover for the fall from grace for Jason Day a guy that has not really played all that well over the course of the last, you know, X number of, of tournaments um, missed the cut. The last time we saw him at Genesis, I think he actually WD'd from API. He did. Uh, yeah. Which is like the last two times we saw him. I have no idea where I stand on Jason Day. Yeah. So a couple things on him. There's a big difference in my opinion between Jason Day and Jordan Spieth. 
Jordan Spieth, unless there's something we don't know about, lost his game from a, a physical or a mental uh, aspect, right? Okay. His swing got into a bad position. His, he lost confidence. Whatever, whatever you think the reason is, it's a, it's a golf game situation. With Jason Day, it's a, it's a physical situation as far as health is concerned. And we've seen him enter events healthy, get through events healthy with really nice finishes. Um, I, I think he's the kind of guy that if he can get through a week is a guy that can win. Now, the problem with Jason Day is he could bend over to pick up a tee and <laughs> throw his back out and have to withdraw. And that's what he said. Like, yeah. I, I can just kind of – it could be emptying out the dishwasher and I could throw my back out and I could be done for two weeks. It's agonizing to the point where he's has – said i've been laying in bed and asked myself can i make it to 40 can i make it to 40 years of age and it's yeah. like heartbreaking for me it, it breaks my heart that he's in that kind of a position if you know anything about bad backs you know that time off alone isn't going to solve this problem but i will say i think if jason day comes back healthy i think the golf course is great for him he is uh first in strokes gain around the green this year he's fourth in proximity to hole from the sand uh, he's 16th in sand save percentage. Iron game holds him back a little bit. I, I could see Jason Day coming off with a really good week uh, and getting near the top of the leaderboard, but there is a lot of risk from a, from that physical standpoint. Yeah, I, I thought that this was a year we were going to learn a lot about Jason Day, unfortunately, and we still might, but unfortunately the the three months in the middle kind of makes it a little a little hairier. Um, there is a guy at the top of this $8,000 range, which is Mark Leishman. He's 8,900, which um, I, I'm as lukewarm on Mark Leishman as I can be on, on, any, on any golfer. I don't dislike him. I, I don't love to play him, anything like that. But he is the perfect profile of a guy that wins you the million dollars on DraftKings because he generally goes uh, very under-owned, sub 10% almost every single week because he's not, you know, a super fun guy to play. Uh, and when he, when he plays well, he contends, Greg, we saw him, yeah. win, we saw him win farmers, um, which he broke, he broke Tory by missing every fairway and winning the golf tournament. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Um, then he doesn't really necessarily compete at either Genesis or WGC Mexico, but then he gets it going again and finishes second at Arnold Palmer invitational. That, that those are two, you know, the first at, at Tory and the, and the second at the, at the API, two world-class fields, two world-class golf tournaments. Um, like he can show up anywhere. He's the type of guy that wins you all the money. I, I would not be afraid of playing him at all. The one thing that might hold me, maybe he's a little high in that price range for the 8K. Maybe if he was a little bit lower, like, like Spieth and Day are attractive to me because they're low end of the eights. It's attractive. Leishman, I, again, I have no problem playing him. He's going to be way less popular, I would imagine, than a Gary Woodland and a Tony Fina, who I also like. Uh, in this group, Leishman, it, who are you going to get? Are you going to get the Mark Leishman from Farmers where he makes every putt? Are you going to yep. get a, a Mark Leishman that's just kind of average? I actually, I, I like the play. I, I think he'd be a, he's a solid play. Uh, just where does that fit into your lineup? That That's the thing. He's like never the first guy you pick. It's like right. you've got four or five guys already in and you're looking to fill out a spot or two. And you say, okay, well, this could burn me, but this could win me the million as well. I'm going to take my chances. The $7,000 range has a lot of those guys, Greg. And little PSA, uh, at least on DraftKings, Brant Snedeker uh, is listed in this field, but he is not 
in the official tournament field. So I don't know if he had a change of heart. I don't want to say that we had our first uh, our COVID test. We'll never know uh, withdrawal. But he was in the field like a week ago. No longer in the field, but he's still on DraftKings. So do not roster him. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll fade him. Yeah, that's an easy one. <laughs> Although I bet you he still shows up like zero point one percent owned because no one. <laughs> Unless, unless they throw a little designation next to him that says he's out, someone will pick Brad Sedeker. For no sure. doubt. Um, the guys I'm targeting here, I mean, you've got defending champion Kevin Na, $7,600. Um, Daniel Berger, I think, is pretty interesting. He's, he's 77, and, and I'm not sure a lot of people are going to remember the run he was on before golf ended. He went ninth at Waste Management, fifth at Pebble Beach, and then the last time we saw him was fourth at Honda. He didn't play the API. Now, this is like three top tens in a row for a guy who he's one of the few guys, Greg, that gains strokes in every strokes gains category this season. So he's very well-rounded at the moment. Um, I, I bet him uh, top 10 and top 20. Uh, you know, I think asking him to win is a, is a pretty tough ask, but he's playing well enough compared to his peers. I think I, I, think I like that. It's a really good field. It's a hard I, – I, I don't see him holding the trophy at the end of the week. but. No. I mean, this is a guy who's extremely talented, and he was a, a a very good player on the PGA Tour for a number of years. The game got away from him for a little bit, but he seems to be making a resurgence. You don't know what's going to happen in a layoff like this. He's a big question mark for me in that sense, but I definitely like the play with the Daniel Berger. I, I, like, I like a well-rounded player like that. Uh, I, I think the 10 to 20 bet is a good place. I don't like him to win, no. but I, I'm a I'm a big fan, and I've seen him hit some bunker shots live in person. It's spectacular. He's he's gifted around the greens, especially. So I, I like him in that range. There's a bunch of guys that you know were playing well before the break. There's Joel Damon in here, who was you know yeah. three three straight top 15s. Max Homa five straight top 25s. I mean, is are any of these guys doing it for you here? Joel Damon, uh, I'm very interested in. Okay. Not just because of the run beforehand, but we saw a scorecard. He shoots a 58. Uh, he's in a mini tour event. He shoots a 63 one round. Yeah. I, I mean, we've seen a little bit of Joel Damon, and what we've seen has been very good. So I, I like him. And then you look at his statistics. He's only played there twice, tied 20th in 2018, missed the cut last year. But he's he's another one like like uh, Dana Berger, well rounded, twenty fourth off the tee, twenty second approach the green, sixty first around the green, eleventh tee to green. Uh, the bunker stuff's pretty good, thirty eighth in proximity, forty eighth in in sand saves. I, I, Joel Damon to me is a is a I, I almost start a lineup here because it's so mm. back ended. Like where do we can I can I keep my lineup? Uh, 7,500 and above. Cause if you can do that, you're going to have a, you're going to have six really strong players. And Joel Damon to me is a, is a solid place to start. Yeah. I, I don't mind that. I wonder, I mean, there's a couple like him and Homa became almost like DFS darlings before the break. Now I don't know how much of that translates with, there's going to be a ton of casual uh, people playing this week. They've got a Millie maker uh, on draft Kings, which is, I, I'm I'm going to assume it's the first time it's ever happened in a non-major. I don't know that, but I assume that it is. So I think you're going to get a lot of these casual people who might not even know who Joel Damon is, quite frankly. So I, I'm kind of torn here. I like him from a, a play him aspect, but if he becomes, you know, 20, 22%, that's, that's where I'm off of it. But I do, I do like that. Um, we could always go with my buddy Ben on who's uh, 
like fourth off the fourth tee to green and like 220th in putting. But the real, the real guy down here is, is for me, it's Ryan Palmer. Um, we've, I think we've talked about this. He's, he's $7,400. He's a member of colonial and he did some interviews where he mentioned colonial and tournament conditions is weird to him. That's not how he's used to seeing it. Grandstands, a bunch of people everywhere, crowds, whatever. That's not used to what he's seeing. Uh, despite that, it's been a mixed bag, a couple of missed cuts, a third and a sixth in the last five years. Well, here you go, Ryan Palmer. Uh, this is going to look like your, your Tuesday afternoon money game. No grandstands, nobody else out there, nice and quiet. Like, this is how he knows Colonial. Sign me up. I, I love Ryan Palmer. He is – so um, I, I started a lineup today nice. and i don't know if i'm gonna go with it but i started i was going down where am i in the seventh I, I had ryan palmer at 74 joel damon at 75 i started a lineup with both of them and it it turned out to be great i ended up getting uh, some some really good players on that lineup that i'm pretty excited about so ryan palmer to me is a, a definite play another a, a excellent player tee to green drives the ball really well. And although the putting and the short game tend to be his weakness on the PGA tour, a home course advantage can solve that pretty quickly. You can get yourself. And, and also what we said about Scotty Scheffler, he's a birdie maker. He's 25th yes. on tour in, in birdie average. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very high on Ryan Palmer this week, just like you. I'm going to make you choose between a left-handed player in the low $7,000 who has also kind of fallen from what we know. You have to choose. I got him on my list. Phil or Bubba Watson? Who do you got? Oh, wow. No, different guy on my list. Oh, really? Who do you got? Yeah, I guess I didn't listen to you. Brian fully. Harmon? Yeah, yeah, I have Brian. I, I was Wow, uh, I didn't know I there was, was I didn't realize Brian Harmon. I didn't realize there was a third lefty down there. Yeah. <laughs> so I I like honestly I like Brian Harmon more than Bubba and Phil, but so I'll play I. your game. I'll, okay, I'll play you. your game. Um, I would say Phil. I'm I'm just gonna say Phil. And do I do I, do I have to explain? No, you don't. You can <laughs> okay. you can uh, because I think I agree, and there's no reason. Like it, it, we're we're guessing at this point, and uh, I I think I would also pick Phil. I think Bubba's further away. But talk to me about Brian Harmon. So uh, Brian Harmon, I feel like almost similar to. Daniel Berger in a lot of senses, right? He has a decent record here. Um, he, he's had some pretty good starts here. I, I wouldn't say it's spectacular, but he's had some nice finishes. Uh, he's a good short game player. He's an accurate player off the tee. And he fits the mold to me of the Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner type winner where it's just in Jordan Spieth, I'll throw in there too, just kind of grit your teeth and do what you have to do to get the job done. He's a bulldog, no pun intended. Uh, he did oh, go to the University nice. of Georgia. But he's really, the guy's wow. just tough to beat. I don't think he's afraid of, of star-studded fields. Probably not going to garner too much attention. And I think his game's kind of on the, on the rise. I think his game's on the way back. Do you, every time I see Brian Harmon's name, I think about, there were tournaments that had to be a couple of years ago. I think, I think it was at like Travelers where he was like $10,100. Like, yeah. Do, do you know, I just pulled it up and I couldn't believe it. What his highest ever, his best ever official world, world golf ranking would have been? Any Ooh. guesses? Uh, 13th? Pretty good. 20th. He was 20th okay. in the world, which is like. That's crazy. And it wasn't all that long. I Maybe it was. Maybe it was a couple of years ago. But uh, it certainly feels more recent than that. Um, 
couple of team no putt guys, Keegan Bradley, Corey Connors, Emiliano Grio here. They all cannot putt. Uh, but let's jump down to the $6,000 range. This is the range that if you really do want to get your hands on some of the crown jewels at the top, the, the John Roms, the Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Roy McIlroy, you're going to have to fill out your lineup with probably one of these guys, Greg. Uh, is the, and there's a lot of them, but is there one in particular or two in particular that get you excited? Man, uh, as I as I go through this list, there are some challenges. There are definitely some names that pop up. Again, you don't know what you're going to get a Carlos Ortiz or a Johnny Vegas. They those are two names that definitely stick out to me. Matt Jones is another guy that sticks out to me. Matt Jones uh, is a, a lovely bunker player. Uh, one, and and I, I definitely like that aspect, but the game can be a little inconsistent. I mean, 6,500 for, for a reason for sure. But I, w- I would have to say Johnny Vegas, I think he's your pick to win the FedEx Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, that's Sebastian Munoz. Uh, Sebastian Munoz, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, your, your projection to it. I'm sorry, I got him, I got him mixed up. But Johnny Vegas, to me, a uh, real talented player, not having a great year. I think the layoff can, could really benefit this player. Um, because he's, he's really good, but he wasn't having a great run. So I think that price is, I, I think you're going to get a really, really good value out of him. A guy who drives the ball nicely, uh, and, and he's got a, a pretty good short game as well. I don't mind that at all, quite frankly. Um, the guy that I generally start to circle here is, is Lonto Griffin. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I keep this like running tally of, like every time he's under $7,000 or even $7,500 on DraftKings, which is often because he's ne- never gets the love here. Um, and he returns like 10 times value, meaning how many, so if he's $7,000, if he returns 70 DraftKings points, that's 10 times value. He does it like almost every single time. He's uh, one of the few guys in this category that uh, gain strokes in all four categories. So he, he's someone that, that I think is almost, he's just kind of like a free space for me, but I've got one at 6,500 uh, jazz Jaina Wadanant, which I just love saying Greg, but it's not also, bad. thank you. Uh, I think Kyle taught me how to pronounce that one. Um, 30, that sounds like a Mark thing, by the way, uh, Mark got me with Eric Van Ruin. That's, <laughs> that's the one he got me with uh, 39th ranked player in the world. Jaina Wananant. Uh, that com- compared to the other guys in this pricing range, and we can talk about, you know, the manipul the way you can manipulate the world rankings. But I mean, we are talking. He is cheaper than Chris Kirk, ranked 511th. Patrick Rogers, 236. Jimmy Walker, 248. I mean, everyone around him is 150 to 300. He's been over here playing the mini tours. I don't think it's that drastic to say. He's played more competitive rounds in this three-month stretch than maybe a lot of other guys in this field because he's been playing the mini tours like every single week. Uh, yeah. I, have not, I have nothing else to go on. He, he's got no – he missed the cut the only time he's ever played here. He hasn't played all that well on the PGA Tour. I'm looking at this strictly from what he is compared to his peers and what his actual skill set is. I actually bet him um, – I bet him to finish top 20 because the price – he's being priced at 200-1 to 1 to win the golf tournament which is still down with these guys in the same DraftKings tier. It's just, it's wrong. Now he's, he's not going to win the golf tournament. He might not finish in the top 20, but that number is wrong. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, the world golf rankings, as you said, can be manipulated. PGA Tour is a different 
ball game. You're playing week to week to week out on, on tour. It's a little bit different. Now, PGA Championship at Bethpage Black, he kind of came onto the scene. That's where we learned how to pronounce his name. That's where we learned <laughs> of his name. Um, so lovely player. I'm a big fan of him as a player and as a person. He's a, he seems like an extremely nice guy. So I, I like him. While there's value there, is it a play for me? I'm having a hard time other than world golf rankings grasping at anything here. And I think it's because of the struggles on the PGA tour. It just doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm not again, again, a name that people probably aren't going to recognize a name that's probably not going to be chosen very much, which I like. Um, but when I'm building my lineups here, I have some risks in other places. So for me, I don't, I think I'm going to stick away, stay away from Jazzy Jane as I defer to Jazzy Jane there. <laughs> um, but I don't hate the, I, I really don't hate the pick. It's interesting. We'll see again. Yeah. There's, um, I think that, and generally I, I don't shy away from like the, the numbers and all that, but we are living in narrative street right now, man. I mean, it's, it's three months. We, we know Rory's been riding his Peloton. How does that translate to the golf course? Right. I mean, we are, I'm, I'm personally doing a lot of grasping and trying to figure it all out as we go along. Now, here's what I think is going to happen, Greg. We're going to play the Charles Schwab challenge and whatever happens this week, the entire industry is going to run with next week like it's gospel, right? Like if Rory misses the cut this week, it's going to be like crisis, you know, sound the alarm, sound the alarm. And we're going to have to come back on here next week and be like, guys, it's like one week sample size, chill out. Yeah, uh, that is, we're going to be in, in a very similar situation next week. You're right. Yeah, Cause now right. like you, you look at, we have these general buckets we go into and we're going to have our first taste of, of some of these other ones other than course history next week. And it's going to be fun to kind of go through that and break that down and see what happens. I, the, I, very interesting. The only thing more, more difficult than having uh, zero data points is one data point, which is what we're going to have next week. And it's going to yeah. be disastrous. Cause do you really gonna... think that's more difficult than having zero? I mean, honestly, probably at least, at least now we can kind of use like longer term stuff and put everybody on the same page like next week. And then you're going to, then you're also going to inject a bunch of guys next week that didn't play this week. And now it's going to be their first, like, yeah, it is going to be crazy. The things that, that are going to come across Twitter or whatever, like it's going to be nuts. So yeah, I think, I think this week's going to be easier than next. I, I'm, I'm I can't I can't wait to see what happens. It's it's fascinating. Uh, all right, this has been the DFS embedding preview for the Charles Schwab Challenge. If you like what you've heard, a couple things you can do. Most importantly, tell a friend. Uh, review us on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way. Listen, Greg, you know how this works, man. Like, if you want more of this, you have to tell us you want more of it, right? That's all you got to do. Jump on there, give us a little rating, say, we want more. That's right. We get to take that to our big bosses and we get to say, look, five-star ratings. People are excited about this. They want to interact. We should do this every day, twice a day. I don't know, whatever it takes. But let everyone know you're listening to the First Cut Podcast. It's your source for DFS and betting info because we are hopefully going to fill fill some pockets over the next couple of weeks. Right, Greg? I, I can't wait. Uh, all right, that is Greg Ducharme. You can follow him on Twitter at the Real GFD. I'm Rick Gaming. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.